Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening are our regular pundits, Claire's Carol O'Leary and Westmeath coach and Limerick's finest, Adrian O'Sullivan. So good evening, guys. How are you doing? We'll start off with the games over the weekend. Sully, you and the sports talk team went to Offaly and Galway on Saturday. I was stuck in Glen Brothers Pierce Park, so missed the trip. Galway recorded their first win of the championship with a 3-15 to 6 points win over Affili. Yeah, um, I suppose first of all it's a very unusual venue in Lost Madeira. It was their 40th anniversary of uh, starting Camogie, so um, fair play to them. They, it was, uh, they made a real occasion of it. Uh, before we start, I think uh, Neve Hannafy is trying to find Scatch as we speak. She's not very happy with the uh, with the captioning of the video he stuck up on Twitter yesterday, so it's uh, if he's going to any Galway games in the future. Uh, you don't want to keep his head down because Hannah wouldn't be afraid to take a swipe at him if she's time. Can we video that? Uh, <laughs> it'd be great to see it. But yeah, um, look, Galway were very, very, very impressive. You know, is, is all you can say. I suppose we go into more detail than a while, but um, they were really good value for their win there, you know. And then the other game in that group, Kilkenny racked up a big score against Wexford. We were expecting Kilkenny to win 7.28 to 6 points. Yeah, um what you say about Wexford, you know, it's they're in a sorry state at the moment. Uh, so Carl and all yourself there, we've played Kinney a few times. Like when you're going out playing them, you need everything going right. You need, you know, the camp has to be in perfect order. You have to be going well. Everything has to go your way in the day, and even then, it's still a mammoth task. And look, the preparation they've had over the last six or eight months, there was only ever going to go one way, and there's no surprises there. The bigger question I would have there is why Wexford were allowed into the championship considering the mockery they made to the league. Um, there should have been far stronger sanctions on them. And look, they're, they're just going to finish bottom of the league now with a massive minus score difference. Carol, as a player, that doesn't help you. You know, coming up against a Kilkenny side who themselves are vying to win the All-Ireland. And when you've had the last couple of months to go into championship, you need to be properly prepared. Yeah, and I think it is very hard on the girls who've stayed because, you know, obviously they're given huge commitment yeah. and especially when, like, they're facing into the, those kind of results. Um, you know, I do think there's credit due to the players who've stuck it out. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to walk away at, at stages like this in in teams and when, when things aren't going well. But, um, yeah, it is, you'd wonder, is it best for Wexford Camogie to be fielding if you know, if they're not at their full tilt, and if if everything is, you know, um, going in the wrong direction for them at the moment, but um, yeah, look, I suppose they they probably were unfortunate to, to get Kilkenny, and they're going to have to face Galway as well. Like you know, so it that will probably be just as bad. Um, you know, in terms of Galway, have got such mm. good forwards up front and things, but yeah, it's it's awful to see the kind of such rapid decline from you know what was such a strong Camogie County. In fairness, in fairness to them, like I remember, we played them in 2015 in the championship, and from that team, uh, they've lost Kay Kelly, they've lost Ursula Jacob, uh, they've lost Max Darcy, they've lost uh, a couple of the Lacys, and like they're not just players that should be replaced with younger players coming in; they're icons of the game. Um, and you know, like they haven't been that strong at minor under 16 or that for the last few years, so. As you said there, Carlis, like you can't blame the players that are there at the moment. I think they've been let down by the development structures that they just have stopped producing these kind of players. Not that you produce those kind of uh, that quality of player, that caliber of player, throughout every every generation. But 
Yeah, look, they're on a bit of a downward slide. They're, they're a bit like the Offaly Hurlers. I think the, their problems are rooted far deeper than the current squad of players that they have. Yeah, you said that, Sully, and the thing about it is, this didn't happen overnight. Surely they could have seen what was going to happen, that those players were going to retire, and they should have had something going, because I think a lot of counties now, even in my own county, Longford, you know, there's these development squads getting youngsters in at, a, at an early age, and then slowly showing them um, S&C and how to look after themselves and everything. And would you think, like, a proud Camogie county like Wexford, that they would have something like that? Yeah, well, every county has development squads, but I suppose the key to development squads is who are the people that are in over them. Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to get quality volunteers. I suppose in the nature, nature is in a county like Wexford, the quality people are going to get pulled into the hurling side of things, and that's no disrespect to Camogie. It's the same thing in Limerick. And sometimes you can get lucky in the Camogie, you can get a guy who is interested for whatever reason. I suppose if you look at Westmead there, Johnny Greville, uh, really hauled him up from nowhere from junior up to the high ranks of intermediate but he has sisters playing so he had a vested interest just yeah like Kieran Carey did a lot of good work in Limerick but he would have had Sarah coming up along you know his daughter Sarah and sometimes you just need to get a little bit lucky with the people that you get involved or otherwise you're going to be left with I, I don't use the word the dregs that's really unfair but so you're, you're not going to be left with the best quality of people and like you can have all the development structures you have in the world, but if they're not doing the right thing every time they meet up, well, then it's not going to work. You know, like Wexford has such a strong club. Yeah, the players are there. Like you know, um, you know, we've seen Martin competing in All Ireland club, and the same with before them, Ireland Bella. And you know, any time like the Wexford teams are always so competitive in Leinster, and nearly always in All Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is it's funny when you and like coming up against any of those clubs in, in Kilmacud Sevens or anything like there's such depth of players outside of the county players as well and you know it's just such a pity for for Wexford and for the girls who are playing that they obviously don't have everybody that should be playing playing. Sully if they do step down they have to have a plan of where they're going forward yeah um, but these plans don't change things overnight as well mm. Sometimes you've made a very good point there, Karen. I thought we speak about this a few weeks ago. That sometimes, if if you're from a really, really strong club, you, see that you don't want to, yeah. Grace, you stay with the club, or you know, like if you leave a really good setup, like Martin's. I don't know if you've ever been down in Martin's. It's unbelievable. Like the class pitches, dressing rooms, gyms, everything. If you were coming down to Wexford train, and then the manager isn't in place, and you're being dragged all over the county, you're just going to throw your hat up and go, you know what? We have a right chance to be doing really well here with the club. I'm just going to throw my lot into the club where it's a far better setup. Or, so if you take Chloe Fox there, he's playing Ashburn and O'Connor with UCD and best of facilities, the best of coaches, and then come down to Wexford, like it must be very, very difficult for them, you know. But look, it'd be sad to lose them as a as a traditional county. They were so so strong, so dominant for years, but they've an awful lot of work to do. But maybe it starts with getting the right people in place over the county team, as you say, Karen, getting all the best players playing. Um, and try to drive on from there you know? yeah exactly Carol we move on to group 2 the group that Claire were in Champions Cork made it 2 wins from 2 with a 220 to 1-8 win over Tipperary and that was a funny one as well because you know I suppose at 40 minutes you know there was only yeah. between the teams so again it's kind of Cork I don't know what, this is kind of what they seem to do best is your teams are with them to 40 minutes and then they up the gear yeah. and the teams can't they can't compete then at that stage you know between 
their ability to score goals and just their fitness and their use of the ball and everything. But yeah, I I was surprised at um, you know at them being able to pull away that much from Tipperary when they kept so close to at forty minutes. But you know again, it just shows the strength strength and depth that Cork has. They're like a cat teasing a mouse, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because like Carl, you mentioned it last week, and I know Donald the water manager mentioned to me as well. Cork seem to have taken their fitness levels to a different sphere altogether this year. Um, like they're literally blowing teams away in the last twenty minutes. There's nobody can stay with them, and it looks like they've just decided that that is going to be where the improvement comes for the year. Because um, like Tip were battling, 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 and were well in that game, and just Cork just put the foot to the floor and left them there. You know, they had no response to it at all. And, uh, a really interesting thing in that game actually is that I saw the match program for it and the Cork midfielder started wearing number 20 and was named in the program so they went 7, 8, 29 and Ashley Thompson was named at the end of the squad wearing 9 so there's obviously some sort of a plan there to keep her in the squad we've always discussed that there's a bit of off-field stuff going on there but it looks like Paddy's plan is to keep her keep her there so don't be one bit surprised if she uh she makes an appearance later on in the championship as well and Jesus they're adding her into the squad the way they're going they're going to yeah. take some stuff this year well spotted eagle eye in, in, sorry they had the same in the programme against us as well same thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so there's obviously a concerted effort there to keep her as part of the squad whatever the thinking is behind it so yeah don't be surprised if you see her later on in the championship it's a huge addition to them yeah Carol your own county Clare they picked up their first win beating Meath by one point yeah, um, I suppose it's probably not the type of results that, that Claire were looking for in that, you know, um, we were probably looking for, you know, a bigger result or a bigger mm. difference in scores. But, you know, I suppose me, they never stopped, really. They were they were very, you know, they, they were actually very good um, all over the field. They, like, you know, it's the same, the usual Jane Dolan was, was really dangerous up front and Megan Tyne went out around midfield and you know put in a really good performance as well and um, yeah a time up our 60 minutes it was a level game so you know we were probably lucky to to come away with a win um, and Meath had a player sent off with uh, about 10 or 15 minutes to go as well so yeah it was you know like in fairness to Meath they, they really brought it and you know like they're not they're not a bad squad at all and even they seem to have a strength and depth in that they brought on a few subs who really made who really made a difference as well. But look, I suppose it's, it's points on the board and yeah. it's the start of a championship campaign. Like you know, it doesn't matter how they come once you're once you're getting some wins. The tough place to go as well, Carol. Like you're probably we 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 played me a good few times in Navan and there's nothing really nice about the place. It's kind of old and grey, and the dressing rooms are a bit dirty and the pegs on the wall are too high to hang your clothes on and all this yeah. kind of stuff and it's, you're just very uncomfortable from the minute you walk into the place and like the Americans have a saying when you come to big games and just survive in advance I think any time you go on an away trip in the Camogie and it's a long journey if you're leaving out going out the gate with three points really I think the performance side of it kind of doesn't really come into it as much as it you know it's just get the points on the board and get out of dodge really isn't it the main thing like. yeah yeah definitely and look it's the start of what will be three long journeys and you know we have um, Waterford away as well and we have Dublin away so yeah it was kind of our first our first scouting on 
and an away game. So yeah, we've two more, two more to come as well. Waterford. Speaking of Dublin, Waterford defeated Dublin by six points. Um, a bit like. Uh, Cork, you know, Waterford were just able to um, pull away. You know, Dublin kept with them, but you know, du- Waterford had a little bit of class. Yeah, um, like you'll meet a lot of people out there that tell you Waterford are a one-player team and Bet Carton is all they have, and you go to Mark, Mark Bet Carton. But like I've been getting to know this Waterford team over the mm. last couple of months, and they have some real top-class players like Annie Fitzgerald, the neighbours centre forward, the play their full forwards. Like she's the best school player in the country. Uh, we're hoping she'll come to UL in September. She's due to come in the doors anyway, so her fingers crossed. Um, but they also have Neve Rocket, and I don't know if you saw the highlights of the game or were watching the stream, but she got a point after 17 seconds. That was just out of the top yeah. of her, and a phenomenal goal in the second half. You can see why Dolan O'Rourke has made her captain like so. They, they have a lot of threats up front, um, and they're not going to be easy to stop. They're another team who worked phenomenally hard on their fitness. Um, they were three or four points up on tip but a few minutes ago last week. And they really just put the foot down and headed for home in the last 15 or 20 minutes of that game on Saturday as well. So he's a, the way the draw is working out, they could be a real dark horse to be the fourth team in the semi-final if, if they keep performing the way they're going. Mm. On to the intermediate, Sully. Group 1, Kilkenny beat Dublin. Then Cork defeated Kildare. Westmeath lost to Galway. Westmeath missed the goal chance right at the end. Um, it comes back. I know there was, I think Jamie Wall was on the on Twitter last night talking about an advantage rule in the, in the football. I think Westmead fell, came a cropper for the same thing. Player fouled on the 21, kept going, fouled again, put the ball wide, no advantage given, no free given, and just a bit of clarity he wanted on the advantage rule, I suppose. But he did say Galway were good value for us. Um, they burnt Sarah Spellman yesterday in the senior game, though, so uh, she's a huge loss to them. She'd been kind of their, their main player in the intermediate, but. Uh, we spoke to Cahill after the senior game yesterday and he was absolutely furious that they were made to play the two games at the same time. They have the same management team and a crossover of players as well. Um, so it's really, really not fair. Like There should have been some sort of allowance made to play. So what harm would have been playing one of the games today or, or that, you know, it's, it's just, it was poor really. Um, so he made his feelings fairly known on, on camera yesterday after the game. A game like that for Westmeath, you know, I know they lost to Galway, but would they have learned a good bit from it uh, I wouldn't say that to Johnny's face now that you learn when you lose <laughs> he's, um, he's very much a winner but look they have a very very young side so you are right Dick. they would have learned from that because the thing you'll find with the likes of Galway Cork Kilkenny is okay they'll have their six or seven real real top class players um, but then the next 50 or 60 in the county could all be the same level it's yeah. serious strength and depth because of the amount of minor um, competitions they win underage competitions they win so like Galway's Galway's intermediate team would probably compete in the senior championships you know yeah. quite quite comfortably um, so yeah of course they'll have learned a lot from that they'll feel unlucky to have lost but left to dust themselves down now again and they've, they've two big games coming down the line as well as you know We move on to group 2 Carol Derry had an easy win over Carlo down defeated Leash while Tipperary got the better of Wexford Yeah I suppose um like Derry and, and Tipperary, I I think there weren't really big surprises there. Mm. Um, you know, like Derry have obviously been so strong in the club scene as well, um, with Schlock Neil and you know I think Karen is, is back in action again, and you know she's phenomenal, phenomenal player. Like you know, and same I saw Tipperary uh, had a a good win as well, and like that they've. I think the the, te- the intermediate teams who are training with senior teams, you know, you can really see such a 
such a different standard nearly with them. Um, you know, it's so beneficial to be able to play 15 on 15 at least in every day of training. And, you know, like that really does stand to, stand to teams. Exactly. Moving on to things over the weekend, Sully, you were mentioning about the timing of games, you know, about the, the Galway management team. I saw comments yesterday about um, games being on at the same time because people wanted to go to a game, but they also wanted to watch the live stream. And they're just kind of wondering, you know, especially for championship games, why are all championship games on at the same time? Yeah, I suppose look, we were giving out about it last week, so we don't want to keep uh, hammering the Camogie Association. Like, they were slightly better. They played, uh, I think the year game was at six, Carlos, the, the Offaly one was at five and the Waterford game was at four so um, unfortunately the Wi-Fi in the press box in Lusma wasn't uh, was non-existent so I uh, didn't get to catch much of the Waterford game but at least they staggered them a little bit I suppose what we're forgetting look I'm sure the association are, are kind of hamstrung a little bit by the fact that they don't have any of their own pitches so to a certain extent you're at the beck and call of, of when the pitches are available and things like that but Look, obviously it would be better if the games were spread out over the weekend. Um, I think we mentioned last week, like, or else at least the game that's been streamed played out at a completely different time because people who are going to watch that game are at the other games. Like, you know, there, there isn't going to be that many outsiders tuning in to the stream. It's going to be the, the Camogie kind of hardcore, I suppose, or the ultras <laughs> that are going to be going to be watching. You know, so yeah, it could be better, but at least the, not at least the three main games weren't all. You also have uh, reactions from uh, managers over the weekend. Yeah, um, we caught up with a good few of the managers today. Um, oh, mainly the winning managers, I suppose, because they're I suppose, uh, a bit more uh, forthcoming with their opinions. An interesting one from your game, I suppose, Carl. Um, Jerry was obviously happy to get the win. Um, and I suppose uh, he said Mairead Scanlon got an outrageous point for the winner right at the end so um, that's a good thing as well he said it's very interesting he thought the referee was very poor um, and when he spoke to the ref at half time referee basically told him that they were being punished for constantly calling for steps in the court game that the referee put in a report complaining about the player management um, and that kind of word had gone around amongst the referees that, that this was something that was happening so there seems to be a bit of a referee's union out there um, so maybe as long as you think about that card, so you be careful because uh, you could be on the end of a few referee decisions if you make any comment but it just seems to be an interesting one if it did happen and there's no reason to believe it didn't if Jerry said it did and it's a very very strange thing for a referee to say at half time I know there were some interesting comments made by the referee in the West Mead game last week as well so just wondering what's going on there but I don't know yeah, really, but that's, yeah. that's a funny one like even I don't know why you say it like why you need me to yeah, you'd never admit it, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah. uh, definitely, I think the referee was was you know hard to read in what mm-hmm. he was going to do for both sides, and yes. um, you know that frustrates players and it frustrates management and everything. But um, like we said so many times, but yeah, it was definitely there were some calls where at one stage our like call for a free. And there were people running in two opposite directions because we thought it was a carefree and, and <laughs> you know, opposition thought it was a, a meat free. So, like, when you when the players around don't even know what direction the the free is yeah. going, that says a lot about, you know, what, what, what it was called for, like, you know. 
Yeah, but you hit the nail in the head there, though, Carl. Like, it's it's consistency is what everyone wants. Okay, like the rules are a bit of a grey area. We've always been over it before. Do they allow for the, the I suppose the newfound physicality in players and athleticism? And look, that's another debate. But at least if you're blowing one thing, blow it for both teams all the time. At least you can kind of get a read on the referee as you said in. But um, yeah, but well, I suppose like. I said to TV before we came on here, we wanted to talk about referees because I thought John Dermody was absolutely excellent in the Offaly Galway game. I see Molly Dunn commenting it on Twitter as well. I think Galway scored their first free with 15 minutes to go, and that wasn't because he was against them or anything like that. It was just he let the game flow, and even though it was a bit of a one sided game on the score, on the score sheet, there was a good flow to the game, and it made a much better spectacle. So, look, we, we'll be highly critical of referees at times, but. John Dermody referee of the week <laughs> is that going to become a slap but he, he was really really good are we going to have hero of the week as a referee and then villain of the week is that it <laughs> yeah well so villain of the week in the care game but a funny one I was talking to Donal O'Rourke this morning as well um, he was obviously very delighted with Waterford's win he said Dublin were very defensive um, but he called it a real mature performance from a young team is how he described Waterford's win and they finished very strong but he said the game was delayed in the first half because the public address called out a car reg that was causing obstruction and it was Cahill Egan so you had to stop Typical. and uh, go and move his car so that's not something I suppose you see every day uh, from a referee but um, so yeah so the refs were definitely in the limelight uh, this week so the referee was causing an obstruction That's an, well I suppose it's not a new thing because we'd say that ourselves the ref in heaven was an obstruction to good play, but Cahill was actually causing a traffic obstruction, so it's slightly different, uh, slightly different one. But uh, yeah, Donald was delighted with the performance. Uh, he highlighted the performances of of Neve Rocket, as he said, Emma Hannon, Trish Jackman, of course, is back in the centre water for the defensive balance. Hard to underestimate, uh, or uh, I suppose, play down the the absolute rock of a player that she is, and she's a huge addition to them as well. They're uh, they're shaping up nicely, you know. Carol, when you look at the results over the weekend, you are probably thinking, yeah, you know, it's going to be the usual suspects. But when we mentioned Waterford and how they're doing and, and hopefully yourselves, clear. what have we learned again from this weekend? Probably have learned maybe that Waterford are a team to keep our, our eyes on. Yeah, well, to be honest, like, you know, we played Waterford at Kids Park last year and, like, you know, they had so much that day. They are so athletic and it's just constant movement you know they've really brought movement to another level and made it so difficult and um, you know they're so fast at ball like it is it is and you know like what he said Trish Jackman is just another level like it's so brilliant to see her back playing Camogie even if it is going to be you know a torn in our side now in, in later stages but it is brilliant to see her back on in the intercounty scene and um, you know she's been such a brilliant player you know for for years for Watford and um, you know we saw what she could do with, with WIT since she was six Ashburns and um, you know she is, she is absolutely brilliant so to put her in there along with everything they've had in the last few, few years and been building on is is definitely going to be such a huge addition but um, yeah I think the, the bonus for for the other team coming up against Waterford is going to be getting to see them next week because our matches won't won't clash. You know their refixed game. Um, definitely, I think that's going to be an advantage to the other management to be allowed to see a, mm. a game. Sully, you mentioned um, 
to me off air about uh, something that you'd noticed in games and it's the death of the sweeper yeah um, look I hate sweeper system um, not because I'm a traditionalist I think it's the lazy man's option uh, the lazy coach's option you know, if you're coming up against a superior team and trying a sweeper um, but I was delighted to see that all three teams who played the sweeper at the weekend were beaten um, <laughs> awfully played the sweeper uh, in Losma and really just were not set up to play it Galway were very clever they freed up Heather Cooney and I'd say she has a pain in her back from hitting ball today she was just absolutely outstanding um, it was really smart from Cahill Murray to free up Heather because he, she's like she's oh, she was very tight the Burke-esque she had the athleticism to cover across in front of the defence and just her use of the ball was absolutely outstanding uh, Dublin played two sweepers at times against uh, Watford uh, it was one two to four points at half time like Frank Brown from the football background brought that um, I know Meade played one and two sweepers against Clare at different times as well Carl um, but like it's just it's a waste of time and you know you, you play a sweeper you're doubling there you've played two sweepers you've gone out against Waterford who aren't like a top three team they're not a Galway or a, or a Kilkenny or a Cork and you've been beaten and where do you go from there you basically turned around to your team and said look we don't think you're good enough to take them on 15 or 15 and then you've still got beaten and it's just like what's the point Offaly went out lamp ball it's just straight down the middle and all Galway did was just play it out through the lines, play it around the off the extra player and just took him for 3.15, 3.16. And it's just like, you know, we have the best defence in the Joe McDonough this year. We haven't played a sweeper. We have the best defence in the Ashburn. We haven't played a sweeper. It's just, so go out and do a bit of coaching, work on defensive structure and take teams on 15 and 15. So like, you're never going to beat Galway by leaving the header Cooney free on her own and just, all she was doing is picking out Aoife Dunahoo in the middle of the field and picking out Kira Murphy and they just ran all over him it's just because any yeah. coach is listening to this just forget about it do a bit of coaching and go out 15 and 15 and have a coach and just try you're just wasting it sorry with the with the meet playing um, two sweepers so in the second half at one stage they had two sweepers and you know they had the breeze as well and we had Claire Heher and Laura McMahon free and they're two of the best Commissioners in the country, like their ball distribution, their tackling, you know, they're just reading of the game. And, like, of course, it's because teams now have adjusted that they move things around to leave their best ball winners in as mm-hmm. as their free player. Like, you know, it's, it is, you know, it, you'd wonder when teams will come up and, and, and leave those, like, for those two girls free. That's madness. But the only way to, to try and stop a good team from playing is to stop their, like, so people will concentrate okay we'll play seven defenders against their six forwards but if you're leaving a free player at the back well then they're just going to play the ball around your defence anyway the only way you can stop it is to get pressure on the ball out of defence so get your forward unit working hard get them going man on man stopping that good distribution coming out and then at least when you win the ball back then you know you're not at a numerical disadvantage but like you know, who wants to go and see a game where it's one two to four points at half time it's just like ah it's yeah I could stay ranting for this in 10 minutes I think it's lazy coaching so we're coming up against a good team what do we do we're trying to sweep for sure so what's the point you're going to get hammered anyway so we'll go yeah why do why do teams do that instead of going out you know they're playing to their strengths they go out to try and counteract the team yeah it's just fear I suppose you know um, is it a lack of trust in your mm. own players do you think that you don't have the the six defenders that can take on the six forwards but again you're, I think these people are looking at the game in the wrong way Defence starts at number 15. So, you know, and it's a very, a very Defend from the front, yeah. 
Yeah, a very simple motto we have is that when when you have the ball, everyone's an attacker, and when you don't have the ball, everyone's a defender. And you line out fifteen or fifteen, you go for it. You know, without oversimplifying it, and look, it's just I don't know. I think it's a poison in the game, and geez, you wouldn't be in any rush to watch any of those games anyway with those teams playing it. You know. Right, we have to have a drum roll. Our player of the week, Mr. O'Sullivan. Yeah, um, I suppose there's a lot of candidates put their hands up. Um, I heard my standing point card was absolutely outrageous. I know you were there. Was it as good as people are making out? Yeah, no, in fairness to, to Marechi, you know, she's produced some serious scores in the last two games. She's really stood up, you know, she's hitting the freeze now as well. And definitely, yes, we didn't know what, where it was going to end up. You know, she was on the <laughs> sideline over the shoulder and... Um, yeah, it was in fairness to her, a serious, serious score, and especially when the chips are down, like it's, it takes a lot to take that shot. Like so, yeah. definitely was serious. Yeah. The Americans call it a clutch play. You know, when you when you produce when the chips are down or when you're really yeah. needed, it's a clutch play. So I, I don't know how Ray played for the rest of the game, but purely any time you hit a score like that to win a game, it deserves to to get you in the reckoning. Uh, Neve Rocket was absolutely outstanding for Watford. Um, the first point she got from out in the, out in the sideline was unreal. The goal was absolutely fantastic. Trish Jackman hit a brilliant line ball in under the crossbar. Goalie batted down. Rocket ran onto it, pulled on it first time into the roof of the net 14 yards. Absolute cracking goal. Um, Bet Carton's probably a bit unlucky. She hit eight points again this week. She's 16 points hitting two games. Um, nailed some big frees as well. But I think from that game, Neve Rocket gets the mention there. Uh, said the game we were at, um, there was a couple of good performers in the Offaly side Ashley Brennan was very good until she got sent off I think she can only complain about the sending off was two fairly rash challenges but she had been very very good up to that point but Heather Cooney was outstanding at the back for Galway just played that role perfectly and Ailish O'Reilly was absolutely phenomenal um, I haven't seen much of her uh, in person we played them in a challenge match in January inside Newell and she was phenomenal and I've been kind of looking out for her since but she had one five from play yesterday and just point after point from distance. Um, so it's kind of a dual nomination there for Galway, Edith O'Reilly and Heather Cooley. Um, and the last one then is Katie Power. Um, I suppose I got to have a lot of time for Katie. I think when she's going well, Kikini are going well. She's a real top-class performer. She's one of those, I suppose, leaders on the pitch that Kikini has. Okay, it was a bit of a cakewalk for them down in Belfield on Saturday, but any time you score a hat-trick in a championship game, uh, you deserve a mention. So they're the, they're the candidates this time, do you think? So, who gets the nod? Uh, purely, I suppose, because I've actually seen the, the highlights. <laughs> I think we're going to give it to Neve Rocket this week. I suppose in a tight game um, where they had to contend with two sweepers at times, uh, two scores out of the top drawer, and she was player to match in that game. So, so a real captain's part. So, yeah, player of the week for this week will be Neve Rocket from Waterford. So, congratulations, Neve. Guys, we're going to look ahead to next weekend. More games in Group 1. Sully, Kilkenny, on Offaly and Limerick are back out in action. They play Wexford. Yeah, like the Limerick-Wexford game, without putting too, I suppose, fine a point on it, is probably the biggest game in the history of Limerick-Kamogi for the simple reason that it'll be a first opportunity for Limerick to get into the knockout stages of the Senior Championship. Because they've been knocking on the door. We got promoted in 2014. And since then, have failed to get out of the group, and they will have never had a better chance, you know. Um, and what I really hope is that they win. And like everybody knows, the all-star system is flawed, and you only yeah. ever get 
um, an all-star if you appear in one of the television games or in the knockout stages and there is no more deserving player in the country than Neve Mulcahy to get an all-star like she delivers every single day for Limerick time after time she never misses games through injuries she's the most professional player you'll ever come across and I really hope Limerick do the business get Neve a game in a knockout stage so that the rest of the country can see what she's capable of um, and she'll be nailed on for an all-star if they do you know but like she should have got one a long time ago but um, so that's a massive game for Limerick. They will definitely fancy their chances. Um, I suppose Limerick usually perform best when they're the underdog. So I'm really hoping they don't take Wexford for granted. But they should be far, far too strong for them um, in that game. So, yeah, it could be a big day for Limerick uh, on Saturday. Do you agree with uh, Mr O'Sullivan, Carol? Yeah, I think, I think Limerick, um, you know, in fairness to them, they have a very professional setup. I think they're going to get themselves organised and um, go down and do the business I think that definitely you know Wexford coming off the the back of you know 7.28 is is going to be hard to face in Australia this week and you know Limerick are you know have had time to focus now again this week and gather themselves and you know they know the prize that's been but they know better than anyone the heartbreak of you know a slip up like that because that's what it would be at this stage and definitely I think they're the rights are on the prize of getting out of the group you're talking about Wexford picking themselves up after the clip and awfully got on Saturday jeez I don't envy them down into Nolan Park to play Kikini after they scoring 7.28 on Saturday that's going to be a huge huge task for Offaly they only had 18 players tagged out on Saturday um, which for a senior senior squad is crazy you know and I think they have their own issues there like Gerard Walsh and Nick Waller over that team and they won the minor All-Ireland and intermediate All-Ireland back to back with Kilkenny 15 and 16 and they've Richie Power with them as coach 8 All-Ireland medals like they have a serious management team and look there just seems to be issues there in the county that just the best players are just not performing they can't get the best players out in the field and 18 tagged out on Saturday and yeah, the three Kilkenny lads taken off. They don't know the park. They're lambs to the slaughter there on Saturday. And there's no team to run up a score against you like Kilkenny. They are just ruthless. Once they get going, there's no such thing as easing off the pedal. They're like the American soccer team. They will just give it to you for the full 60 minutes. And I do not even be awfully going down there on Saturday. That's How do you pick your team up, though, Sully, you know, after that and then prepare them for, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire? Yeah, you just have to. Like, mm. It's hard to explain it. You've no choice. But yeah. You know, like you have two choices, I suppose. You can just throw your hat at it. And yeah. We'll meet. We'll meet in board there at twelve o'clock on Saturday, and we'll head down to Kikini. Or you can pull in and hope that the leaders, like I know the Clare hurlers, I suppose after they took their their couple of clippings, it was the players who stood up, and I suppose took accountability for their performances. They looked in the mirror and said, "Look, it's not the manager. It's yeah. Anything else? We need to perform." And you'd be really hoping that the leaders would stand up. Now, look, maybe you're being a little bit unfair in them. They played without Siobhan Flannery, without Michaela Markin. And, like, so hopefully the small pool of players, and you take two players like that out of their team, they don't have ready-made replacements for them. You know, I think Siobhan Flannery's out for the championship. I'm not sure about Michaela. But, yeah, look, very, very difficult task. All you can do is hope that the leaders stand up and, you know, hopefully they'll go 15 on 15 and not leave someone like Anne Dalton or, or that just <laughs> do what she likes around the middle of the field because if they do, it's going to be a long afternoon for We'll move on to your group, um, Carol. As you mentioned earlier on, Tipperary against Waterford, um, that game was abandoned um, because of an injury to a Tipperary player. 
So Chip will be hoping that, you know, maybe they'll be able to start better this time in that game and they're looking for their first win in the championship. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Tipperary probably would have been favourites going into this mm-hmm. initially, but I suppose Waterford kind of, you know, were up against them with 50 minutes gone the last day and I suppose Waterford really impressed against Dublin, you know, pulling it out of the bag there in the second half, just pushing away. And I think, to be honest, it's definitely Waterford are the ones that I, I'd be favouring this weekend. I think definitely, you know, they're coming off a win and this would really put them in a brilliant position for um, for getting out of the group. And it'll definitely be an interesting one, but um, I, I do think it'll be Waterford who'll come out on top. Sorry, we move on. Sorry, it's, a de- it's definitely an interesting game, I suppose. Obviously, Waterford performed very, very well in the rag and were leading when, when the player got injured and the game was called off. But I wouldn't mind being in Bill Milani's shoes this week because obviously they'll have the video of that game. There's no way Waterford held anything back in that game because it's a championship and they would have went for it. Um, and like Bill's the fairly astute manager and he'll be looking at that video and he'll feel that he'll be able to get a better performance um, out of Tipperary like I spoke to Paddy Murray this morning as well and he was full of praise for Tipperary he said the scoreline didn't really reflect Tip's efforts um, and Tip will fancy their chances of I suppose not getting caught by Waterford um, but that's going to be the game of the weekend Like that's, that's the one to watch Nolan Park perfect surface you know, it's a neutral ground now it'll feel like a, a proper championship game both teams will go out expecting to win um, and it's going to be really really interesting and I wouldn't rule out a draw on that one I think that could be very very tight Interesting we move on to the intermediate group just group 1 games Dublin v Kildare Cork against Galway and Westmeath entertain Antrim I think Dublin and Kildare will be a, an interesting one um, I think Kildare you know after they lost uh, to Cork this weekend, I think, today. Um, and I think yeah. I do think Kildare will probably be hoping to to come up in that one. And um, the Cork the Cork situation is interesting there. Obviously, they won the intermediate last year. They can't use any of those players. They have a completely new team this year, and they're hammering teams in the intermediate. It's just like it's just a crazy strength and depth that they have. The amount of players they have coming through is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, it's, it's a, it's a real sign of strength when you can just start off with a completely new team and go on and be the favourites to win it again. It's bad stuff altogether. Um, how is Johnny for next weekend? Is he hoping that they're able to bounce back against Antrim, Sully? Yeah, well, I'm hoping he has his eyes on Sunday in Pro Park because that's the focus for the weekend. But uh, I'm sure he'll prepare properly for Saturday as well. He's a fairly professional guy, you know. and um, They have no choice but to win. Do you know, mm. they lose, they're going to leave themselves in a very difficult position. Yeah. Um, I suppose if they got any sort of a result out of the game on Saturday, they'd have been in a stronger position. But look, they'll fancy their chances of winning. Um, I think Antrim are very much reliant on the Lock Eel as They kind of pull from one or two clubs there. Um, and look, Westmead are a very, very good side and they will expect to win on Saturday. Right. Well, before we go, Sully, I'd like to wish you, I can't believe I'm saying this is a long for person. And wishing Westmead well. I'd like to wish you and the Westmead hurling team the best of luck next Sunday in the Joe McDonough Cup final. Listen, it's a tremendous achievement just to get to the final, but the fact that you've also secured a place in the last eight of the All Ireland, it's just terrific. And um, fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything will go well for you on yeah. Sunday. 
hopefully, yeah. Look, we're Joe Leash are the favourites. They're one mm. three on and Paddy Power. Sure, Eddie Brennan is the is the celebrity bonish door. So <laughs> they've ever, they've everything going in their favour. So look, we're only we're only going up for the day out, really. You know yourself, Lee. Ah, yeah, sure. That's that's yeah. That, that, that's what teams like. That's what teams in the country like doing. She go for a few, yeah, go for a few hours. You know, bring bring your bring your ham sandwiches and things like that. You know, it is Carol. You know, from you're from a, a county, and obviously, so you know, with Limerick doing so well, but you're from counties where you know what it's like to be successful, and here you have. Westmeath coming up for for a huge game, you know it's going to be a massive occasion. It's great to see that it's on before the Leinster hurling final as well, Carol. Yeah, it's brilliant, absolutely, and definitely the best look. Um, you know, it is it's super, and like even I suppose with the um, the hurling finals that run in Crow Park at the weekend, and like you know the scenes of it was great to see about yeah. Leitrim hurlers were yeah. um, brought out in the middle of mm-hmm. the Leitrim and Clare. Um, football qualifier game and like you know they got a huge reception and everything and like that's brilliant like because those players are training just as much and you know it is you know a bit thankless at times so definitely it's great to see some recognition and sure you know everyone's dream is to, to get to Crow Park so it's absolutely brilliant. Sully we don't know if we'll be able to talk to you next weekend or what but sure we'll try. We'll tr- we'll try. We might be off at nine o'clock next Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> might ring out somehow. Listen. Get through to me, please. Hang up. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear uh, what, what I'll have to say at nine o'clock next Sunday night. I don't think. Well, does anyone want to hear what you have to say at nine o'clock any Sunday night? Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Listen, uh, Adrian O'Sullivan and Carol O'Leary, thanks so much again for this evening. Until the next time, Slonga Fall. <laughs>